Hello, we have saved you a seat. Welcome to Train Station and 8, a video game music podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and I shall never step down no matter what these riots say. This is episode 36, um, and every week we take just a single video game song and talk about it. We like we like the focus that can give us of just talking about one song rather than a whole bunch of them or whatnot, um, and that's been working really well for us so far. So... Let us know if you don't like that format, but until we decide we need to change, we're going to stick with this. Um, today we're going to be discussing The Legendary Beast by Mark Papagen. It's actually an arrangement of a song of the same name from Final Fantasy VIII, and he has it as a part of an arrangement he made, which is a medley called the Epic Final Fantasy VIII Medley. Um, so it's going to be a little bit abrupt how it starts and ends, but we'll talk about that more when we get near where we'll be playing the song. Joining me for this discussion is my brother and co-host, Steven. Hello, Steven. Hi, I'm joining the riots. You are indeed, but... I'm I'm just that excited. I am locking myself in my way too expensive mansion and ignoring you. Great. uh, And remaining uh, main host of this show. So take that. Great. But you got us a guest today. I did. Um, I I sent a whole email. Wow. Um, (laughs) Your your dedication to the cause is inspiring. I know. I even checked my grammar. Um, <laughs> all, all the periods in the right places. And we have Josh Welshall on the show today, who is a composer in his own right. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? Hi, I'm, I'm doing really well. That is great. So how about you let our, our kind listeners know a little bit about who you are before we start? I just wanted to thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It is our yeah. pleasure. No, no big deal. Um, I really like getting a chance to, to meet new faces in the industry, and you guys sound really cool. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks. It's been really, really exciting stuff. I really like the change of format you've done. But anyway. Well, thank you. Uh, more about me. That's awesome. <laughs> more about me. me, me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm a video game composer by trade. Um, I uh, recently, well, you might know the game Minecraft. I didn't score that game, but Scrolls by Mojang. I work on that project with yes. my friend Matthias, uh, another soundscape. Um, <clears throat> and we've been doing that for a couple of years. But in addition to Scrolls, uh, I work on a game called Chromaya. Oblitus, uh, Castle Story, Wind Up Night, Raven Mark, uh, the list kind of goes on and on, of course, that's that's a good thing. Um, yeah. And then on top of the video game stuff, uh, I'm, beh- I'm one of the people behind the Game Music Bundle, in addition to that, uh, the company Louder. So, that's me. Oh, really? Yes. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and Game Bundle and Louder are things that are always on a tab somewhere on my we computer. Had, yeah, it's... several people on our podcast talk about Louder and how they that's where they want uh, people to buy yeah. their music. So, well, that's awesome. That's great I... Yeah. Yes, we're we're big supporters of Louder. I think it's a really really cool service. Oh, well, thanks guys. Um, and we'll we'll of course link it in the show notes so all all you folks can go check it out if you like. But it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah. So that's that's quite a resume. I I think I've only played. One game you've scored actually, and that was Raven. I have played Scrolls as well. Oh, oh shit! Huh. Sweet, you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was when I heard a trading card game was being created by the creators of Minecraft. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm gonna play that. Um, yeah, of course. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm kind of curious though, Josh. Have you ever played Fire Emblem? <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I know that Ravenmark is very similar to Fire Emblem, and I, I have, I'm a Let's player by by trade, almost, more than I play uh-huh. games at this point because uh, of time, but Fire Emblem is, is up there on my Let's Play list. Okay, that's cool, because the Ravenmark, I mean, the game and the soundtrack gave me just enough warm and fuzzy memories from Fire Emblem to oh, yeah. make me real happy. If, yeah. if you like that game, Final Fantasy Tactics was, was my real inspiration, but they're, they're right up there. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I've I've never played that before. I think the only reason I stopped playing Ravenmark was just because I was doing it on a phone. Yeah. Um, and it was everything was so oh, tiny. Shit, I was battery dead again. <laughs> yeah, either my battery would die or like my finger would press three buttons at the same to the time. If they the 3DS, you would be, you would be. Oh man, it. yeah. Or if I had an oh, iPad, yeah. even I would be all over yeah. it. But that would be yeah. that game really needs a port. That's that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump in here to our first segment, which is what have you been listening to? Mm, um, what have we been listening that's to? That's a great question. Josh, what have you been listening to? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, besides the the track that we're going to listen to today, which is part of a greater medley by Mark yes. Coppigan, uh when this thing came out, I've just been listening to it over and over again, which is not usual for me, um, except the, I guess the other soundtrack I've done that with is the Fez soundtrack. So I am a mm-hmm. huge nerd for the game Fez, um, almost embarrassingly so. And the soundtrack is just a masterpiece. Um, you should be well familiar with Disaster Piece if you're familiar with video game oh, music yeah. in our age. So, yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, incredibly musical and blah, blah, blah. It's great. I, I think I've talked up Fez so much that it's it's <laughs> tiring for anybody that's, that's listened to me. But um <laughs> Oh, besides Fez, you know, I'm in, in the Final Fantasy soundtracks, of course, are a staple, but I'm just listening to everything new that comes out. You know, um, I keep up with all these podcasts. Original Sound Version is a website I really enjoy. Uh, everything that Jason puts out at Scarlet Moons is usually top of my playlists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and just the list goes on and on. I really, You know, what's really surprising, uh, something I didn't expect to really enjoy soundtrack-wise, was Mario Kart 8. Yes, that is just a phenomenal soundtrack. That's one reason I got the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, but it's incredible. Uh, Thwomp Ruins is just probably like the catchiest thing that's happened to Mario Kart since Rainbow Road on the N64, yeah. and it's it's wonderful. I totally agree. I, it's I, I did an episode on it, right, Stephen? Um, With um, not on that specific track. No, 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 but, I mean on Mario Kart 8. Did we do, was that when we, we did a single track? We did a Mario Kart episode. Yeah, that's back when um, we did themes and we had, I think, uh, Christoph. Uh, Christoph Blondel, yeah, or other, otherwise known as Hydro Carbo M. Um, yeah, I know that guy. Yep. Oh, great. Yeah, he's cool. He's super nice and um, loves Mario Kart, so those two. And he those still two, has uh, coolest French accent of the podcast. Yeah, that's uh, true. So <laughs> he was great to have on. I've actually played Mario Kart with him, and he one repeatedly <laughs> so nice. not only does he have the skills to make the mario kart music but he has the skills to yeah I, win against waluigi every time <laughs> yeah i absolutely agree i was blown away by that soundtrack i've just been so pleased with so many different things nintendo's been doing musically lately man um yeah, a- the kid Icarus episode we had recently yeah or i mean that was just phenomenal i don't know if you've heard that soundtrack yet josh but i have um Kid Icarus Uprising. I mean, it came out a few years ago. I only played it recently. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like, you wouldn't think that that kind of weird, um, like, unexpected reboot of the Kid Icarus franchise would have this, like, fully orchestrated, phenomenal, multi-composer, like, mm-hmm. genius work. But it does. Hey, Masuda's on that soundtrack. I should check it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's a, that's a name if I see it. I'm like, oh, I gotta look. Yep, yeah, gotta yep, listen. yeah. So, cool. Anything else jump out? Uh, you know, just the the staples. I'm one of those guys, you know, like, I have that repertoire of, of kind of retro soundtracks that I always come back to. Um, 
that's alluded to definitely if, if any game music bundle fans are listening we did that retro game music bundle and it basically was a roster of all of my favorite soundtracks from the 90s that came out on the pc um, that's nice talking like the seventh seventh guest or sorry yeah, the seventh guest 11th hour soundtrack that's incredible if you haven't heard it it is phenomenal it's like a staple of the industry uh, it was like one of the first horror games that was, well, was, was the first horror game I can remember being created um, and in the first CD-ROM game. So they just went full out and the soundtrack is just mind-blowing. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jazz Jackrabbit. I listen to that all the time. Uh, that's by my good friend Alexander Brandon, who was not my good friend. And if you're lucky, I'll tell you the story about how I met Alexander Brandon for the first time and embarrass him for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think what we'll have to do is somehow get Alexander on the show one day and then just arrange so. for you to be there at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just let me sneak in and I'll tell the anecdote. He'll be like, what the hell? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll just we'll Skype you in. Playing it and then just play it for him. <laughs> I think you're in the call. Uh, this has to happen now. You've kind of sealed the deal. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't playing. Like, I grew up on consoles, so I didn't have a lot of context for, like, early PC stuff in the 90s. Um, probably the stuff that was on PC that stuck out to me at that time, I really enjoyed the Lost Vikings, um, which I think had a pretty groovy soundtrack to it. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, Mist, I've gone back and played that. Oh, and yeah. That, yeah. We that actually soundtrack. got to put out the Mist, like, 10th anniversary edition. I got to talk to Robin Miller. Man, that is a great soundtrack. Yes, it that is. is absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful soundtrack. I, actually, you know, i got to be honest, I, I totally left that off. I've been listening to that a lot lately. Oh, cool. Oh, neat. It's so unnerving. Oh, it is. It's really... Like, the this, this sparseness of the instruments, the drums and the strings. It's yeah. super... It, it's done atmospheric music better than a lot of games have done since, and it was so early for that concept. It was really, really... Um, for any listeners out there that want to check it out, I suggest going to the skip. Well, not don't skip Miss. Definitely check it out. But listen to the Riven soundtrack. That's the sequel. Mm. Uh, there's a song on there called Catherine's Freedom that is just. I go to it. You should go yep. to it too. And Atrus's theme. That's another great one. Oh, yes. Amazing. Great. Hey, well, speaking of scary, tense, spooky songs, <laughs> I've been listening to the new uh, surprise Halloween release from Zone Runners. Oh, right. And we had those guys, well, two-thirds of those guys on the show before. That was, a, uh, that was before, oh, yeah, before yeah. Sergey uh, was publicly involved. Okay, um, gotcha. Oh, that's got a... Digi Valentine and Halsey, they're on that? Yep. Oh, yep. God, Digi's great. So is Halsey. <laughs> I know. They're very cool. Yes. They're very, very cool. Yep. Um, and the kind of the funny thing is when they came on the show, they suggested this song. She's like, eh, we kind of like the Sonic Adventure song. Maybe this one? We're like, sure, we love Sonic Adventure. And it wasn't until later on when the, the Zone Runners album was released that we realized that song had this huge... Um, like role in their album, yep. Um, that they remixed, and it was they had it was sly awesome. marketing there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. but they put out a remix of Pumpkin Hill. Yo, we're the Zone Runners, and this time we're at Pumpkin Hill. You ain't ready. And for people who um, aren't familiar with Sonic Adventure 2, that was one of the knuckle stages, yes. um, wherein they would do hip hop for their music. Uh, like the original game had hip hop in it, and it was always a very questionable decision. And Pumpkin Hill was one of the most memorable of those. 
and it because Knuckles the echidna would sing the song. Yeah, it was, it was him yeah. singing about looking for the master emerald yeah, and watching out for him. ghosts. Yes. Yeah, uh, he won't let it get to him. He just got a creep. Um, and I think they like turn that um, into some drinking pun or something. I don't know. It was it, it's delightful. Right. Um, very very. They they turned it this kind of like almost monotone um, beat. Let it get to me. I'm just gonna creep. Into this really fun, like, melody. Yeah, I need um, to get it. I need to give that a listen. I recommend listening to that. Right? Um, I don't, maybe I just in- interrupted Josh, but that's one of the things I've been listening to. <laughs> oh, I have not been interrupted. Okay. <laughs> Um, I usually do the interrupting. I, I think you'll get used to it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, we like people who interrupt us it's on so the show. Nice. Yeah. It keeps us from talking the whole time. Um, <laughs> speaking of us talking the whole time, Brian, what have you been listening to? Uh, well, I think we went over this. It's weird because, okay, so our chronology on our episodes is all messed up because we're doing oh, that awesome. World of Warcraft feature. Uh, and we need to put all those in a row, but we're getting other guests we want to do. So it's really weird when we come to the world. So the World of Warcraft feature is over. David Arkenstone was on the show, and everyone cheered into the skies. Right. So um, chronologically, the David Arkenstone episode is the last one we recorded. Um, yeah. I was talking about going through my iTunes library and re-rating everything. I haven't made a lot of progress, but I have made it from Ace Combat 5 to Ace Combat 6. Um <laughs> Great. As you can tell I'm still in the I mean, that's, and the that's fine. Yes. There's nothing wrong with listening to Ace Combat. Uh, so I went to Ace Combat 6, and I am enjoying that soundtrack a lot, as I always do through every listen of it. I'm about halfway through. Um, and yeah, that soundtrack continues to be exceptional. I mean, the difference between Ace Combat 5 and Ace Combat 6, and this is a little bit of a weird difference in just how it is listening experience, is Ace Combat 5 typically all of like the level music is at the beginning, and then the end they throw all the cutscene music in. Um, and typically yeah. cutscene music in games isn't as melodic or interesting to listen to after the fact, unless it's really stand out. But in Iscom at six, they do it all chronologically. So you might get like a level song, then a cutscene song, then a level song, then a cutscene song. So it's yeah. the listening experience is a lot more disjointed if you're going through it, um, chronologically, chronologically in six and is in five. So it's not quite as enjoyable just to listen through. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog soundtracks and the modern Sonic, uh, cutscene music is albums. super boring. Yeah, it's just, you know, it sounds kind of like a Disney movie, but without any of the emotion. Right. These um, are not the music is... that RPGs have, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I feel like in most RPGs, the music is more often pretty and, like, welcoming. Um, it can be. Uh, but then it's just like, oh, big threat is appearing. Let's play. Oh, you're right. Anyway, I love the Ace Combat. I talk about them so much, but they're some of my favorite video game soundtracks. So having an excuse to go through them once again and say, that's five stars, that's five stars, is, yeah, I, I'm happy to do so. Uh, so I'm listening to that. I've also just been listening to some different stuff on Spotify that I've mentioned before. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty much just what I mentioned last week from that. Very good. Or four weeks ago or whenever that went up. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. Yeah. Um, well, that's You exciting. still need to I listen really... to Oh, Gravity, Stephen. From yeah, I do. Um, I, I almost bought it. Just listen um, on Spotify. Don't you have Spotify? Uh, I like buying music. I don't know. I'm not saying you oh, can't buy it. I'm not saying you I'm can't just, buy it. I'm saying try it. And if you like it, buy it. 
but I know I'll like it enough to buy it. You will. That's true. So go ahead right. and buy it. Then. So I just love, I mean, and I know you've done some research in Spotify and from everything we can understand, uh, it actually pays the artists fairly well. So that's good. It's something I kind of, something I kind of do is I think the artists get paid per listen. I'm not positive on how that works. Um, I can so tell you all about it, you guys. <laughs> okay, how does Spotify work for artists? Because one oh, thing I was geez. thinking of doing is like buying it iTunes, then continuing to listen to it on Spotify. That's probably your best bet. If you want to yes. support the artist, well, I mean, if you can buy it direct over iTunes, that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. Spotify's deal is, uh, so imagine that Spotify has a bunch of buckets that they're going to put right. money in. There's a bucket for um, everyone who pays for Spotify in the United States, everyone who pays for Spotify in Canada, everyone who, and, and all the countries with different yep. currencies and rules and whatever. And then in addition to the users who pay, they've got ad-supported versus mobile ad-supported and the different tiers of ads that they run, right? Mm -hmm. So they're throwing money into all these buckets. And then they're also throwing like the play accounts, Okay. So then they, this, they, you've got what you call the market share you, for each bucket. You understand, like, okay, for example, U.S. ad-supported, uh, maybe we generated $2 million of revenue and we know the top tracks. And then they're going to just divide it down by, like, weighted play, right? Mm -hmm. um, this poses some interesting conversations and debates you can have about, like, is that fair? What happens because, you know, the top 40 is really, you know, what ends up getting the most money. So you could literally join Spotify, listen to one track over and over and over again by your favorite artist, right? And you're paying, say, like 20 bucks a month or whatever. You do that for a month. The artist isn't necessarily going to see your 20 bucks, given how right. it's all put in the same pot and broken down. So I see. Uh, so that's how Spotify <laughs> pays their artists in a nutshell. Yeah, okay. that's a good description. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I suspected, but I never knew anyone in any position um, of intelligence to tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's, um, been, it's been interesting for me. Like, that's been part of my job has been going from, you know, doing the music side, which is awesome. That's where my passion is to, to starting yeah. louder and then getting into all these like distribution and reporting. Reporting is a dirty word in, in my book right yeah. now because um, it's giving me lots of stress. But uh, <laughs> that, that is the story. That's that's how Spotify works. So, yeah, we're, we've actually considered doing like a whole episode um, on uh, like music services and where to buy them and how to support artists and that sort of thing. Cause I think it's a thing that people want information on, but can't always get. Yeah. Um, Cause a yeah. lot of people who listen to music want to support people, but they also want to be able to discover new music easily. So it's like Absolutely. balancing that. So do you find, I know like, I remember Groove Shark was like <laughs> hostile to artists. Oh yeah. Don't like, do so I completely stopped using them. How Jimmy Henson like went on a 50 tweet yes, rampage. Exactly. <laughs> so, how do you find Jimmy. Spotify compares to them in terms of working with artists? And do you think it's like helpful or harmful to people who are putting music out there? Uh, sorry, is, is what, what Spotify like, oh, comparatively I, to other okay, services? So that really depends um, on how you use it. Yeah, I. I, you know, I think I think it's a good thing because at least for artists, especially on my level, where you you're part of what you want is easy access for the people who maybe are just playing your games, right? And they're gonna go to Spotify, type in the name of the game, and okay, it's there. These people aren't the people that are gonna go go to iTunes and be like, I really need the soundtrack, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you're capturing a lot of listeners that you probably wouldn't be getting otherwise, right? Right. Um, so. So I've, I've heard strategies. People are like strategizing. Well, how, how do we tackle the Spotify monster? How do you make revenue? Um, and I've seen a few tactics. Uh, from the artist side, what people are, some people are doing are, are saying, okay, well, I've got my soundtrack. Let's say I've got my soundtrack to Ravenmark. Instead of giving the whole thing on Spotify, I'll put like the top two tracks on there. And then if you want it, you've got to uh, get it on iTunes or something. That makes uh, sense. Okay. Another thing that the major labels are doing, uh, the top 40 guys, what they're, what they're doing is putting albums on there for like two weeks to get you hooked. Album came oh. out, hooked on Spotify, take it off. 
And you're like, shit, nice. I have to listen to this. Where you, where <laughs> yeah, gotta... cruel but effective. Yeah, I, th- I think it's proven effective. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. to some extent it does. But I, I mean, at some point, you know, when do when do people go back to torrenting, right? When you piss them off like that. Oh yeah, that, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I mean, really, all the all the music industry is trying to do is battle piracy. That's, that's mm-hmm. like the yep. name of the game, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, yeah. It's something yeah. I'm always considering in in how I do things. I find Spotify is a great tool for discovering music, but I do like the idea of also once you find an album that you want to support, then you know buying it, even if you continue to listen to it via Spotify. Yeah. Find, find it, it on Bandcamp, find it on Louder, find exactly. it on Patreon, support the artists in some way or another, and then and then move from there. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Um, that was a surprisingly interesting discussion from a random topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good job. Uh, so yeah, we should continue to invite interesting people onto the show. That's a good <laughs> idea, Stephen. That yeah. might actually make a good show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we can move on from what we've been listening to and start uh, moving into our main topic here. Uh, yeah. So background with the game we're drawing from. The game is Final Fantasy VIII. So, Stephen, you and I stopped at Final Fantasy VI. So we have uh, no yes. background. With this. Mistake. Mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we didn't grow up with JRPGs. We've had a very hard yeah. time getting into the genre. They're um, play, and they're really long. They are. Yeah, they're very long. So we just couldn't we just couldn't make our way through all the Final Fantasies one after another. Um, yeah. We kept giving up. Yeah. Uh, I will say, for whatever reason, I went. Uh, and, and bought Bravely Default on a whim yeah. um, and just loved it. So I don't know what's up with that. Modern. modern. Yeah. That's what's up with it's that. modern, but it feels old in many oh, that, ways. They nailed it, right? <laughs> yeah, they did. They really did, actually. It's like all the things that I liked about Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6, but like presented in a really intelligent, more complex way. Yeah. But um, all that said, no, nah, we never played 8. Uh or any of the three Final Fantasies. Okay. So that's that's pretty much where we stand. That said, it's such a famously remixed and rearranged um, series, Final Fantasy, and really all of Square. Yeah. Um, that I've just through sheer necessity have heard lots and lots of the music. Absolutely. Um, from it's just all very disjointed. So that's I mean that's really as far as I go. Anything you want to add to that, Brian? No, uh, that's a that's a pretty good. Um covers it pretty well i think like maybe eight nine and twelve are the final fantasy games i'm most interested in seeing that i haven't already um oh oh i also played final fantasy 14 and liked that a lot so <laughs> interesting but that that's a sore point between brian and i so. i just why weren't you playing wow <laughs> oh gosh i don't know uh, i know <laughs> we won't go down that uh we've talked enough about world of warcraft like yeah we've only spent a month and a half uh so okay josh what what has your experience been with eight Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, I have a very personal connection with eight. But um, all right, let's see. Uh, so let's. Oh gosh, where do you even start with a game like Final Fantasy VIII? Um, so overview: Final Fantasy VIII, like uh, for for video game fans, I think that's a good angle to take, right? Mm-hmm. Duh, no video game music fans. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, so first of all, Final Fantasy VIII has this dichotomy where people either really love the game or they really, really hate it. They can't stand it. Especially, yes. I mean, even long-term Final Fantasy fans will will give you that angle. Um, there are definitely interesting gameplay mechanic choices. Uh, the story is a really, really far stretch um, from any other Final Fantasy that I'd really been familiar with at the time. Um, but Final Fantasy VIII, what is it? So musically, this is a game where uh, Uyamasu, the composer, he just decided it's a different sound. Um, you had six. You guys played six. 
Um, mm-hmm. Seven was was six with nicer. Yeah, it was just kind of a nicer version of you know what did you get with five and six. But when you get to eight, you get maturity. You get um, he comes back full circle with some of the ideas that he'd been developing over the soundtrack over the series, and it just hits home track after track after track. There's a reason why you guys are probably familiar with the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack, and it's mm-hmm. it's for that reason alone. Um, it covers a number of genres. Uh, there's jazz. There's you know the Latin fanfare types type music. Um, there's casino music all over the place. There's beautiful orchestrations left and right in Final Fantasy VIII. Um, there's the kind of music that you can play and just you can study to it. It's very classical. And then he hits the intensity home with this progressive rock metal sound that you get in the track that we'll be hearing um, and other tracks. So for Final Fantasy fans that haven't checked out Final Fantasy VIII and maybe aren't willing to dive full into the actual like original sound version recordings, I would definitely recommend checking out um, the Black Mages albums that are like the full-on metal arrangements. They're epic. Uh, there's lots of Final Fantasy VIII uh, tunes in there. Um, to speak to the game itself a little bit, the story is... Um, is the typical confusing JRPG story, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to give spoilers away, but essentially you're following this boy who's, who's basically going through college for, for fighters. Uh, and, you, and you need to understand why he's there. And, and you kind of go through his pain of learning, like, what, what's this orphan doing in this college like this? Um, what are you really learning? What's the secret behind everything going on? There's sorcerers, sorceresses. There's monsters being manipulated, of course. Um, there's monsters coming from the moon and that's, you know, that comes back. You know, it's, it's just the same Final Fantasy motif, uh, kind of iterated over and over again to the point where you get Final Fantasy VIII. Um, and I think if you really just want to understand the emotional pull that this game has, there's a few tracks I would recommend. Um, there's the one we'll be listening to, of course. Uh, there's Fithos Lusek, Huikos Vinosek, which is um, the the Latin, I you know, I hear what I, what I think is like, he wrote One Winged Angel in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And then they were like, you need to follow up with the opening video, and it's going to be epic. So, so there's that. Well, I just um, thank you for not choosing that so I don't have to say it when I'm introducing <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. No, yes. it, it, it's been done. <laughs> um, let's see. The castle is this... In, so the castle's great, and we're not listening to that, but this is... Um, it's mostly an organ piece, and it's written mm-hmm. very much in the style that you would expect from like the Baroque period, right? Mm-hmm. However, it's it's got some electronic influence, and then it's just full throttle JRPG melodic, gothic organ sick. I yeah. can't, that, those are the best adjectives I can come up with. No, that sounds fantastic. You've chosen enough adjectives. Yeah, yeah you want to you want to listen to the castle. You want to listen to Eyes on Me. That's uh, the the sort of pop. Um, how you say it's the, the pop song that they put in there. You know, they started doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to listen to. Uh, Force Your Way is like the boss battle song. It's incredible. It's a really interesting time signature. I, <sighs> Fisherman's Horizon. That's that's the last one that I would recommend in this list. Um, that track alone could probably be its own own beautifully expanded overture if somebody took the time to do it. Um, and I, I've heard plenty of renditions that got close to making it really the the epic piece that it deserves, deserves to be. But nice. there you go. I hope I hope that that gives you some direction on Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I'm noticing all of the songs you mentioned are on that medley that we're going to be playing from today. Oh, the so. medley is, is insanely conclusive. Like, the, yeah. the best tracks are on here for sure. Wow. So, if yeah, if people just want to, you know, get a rundown and see what all the music is like, they can probably just check out that medley this is from yeah. and then, you know, look at the original sources from there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you sold me on that stuff. That sounds amazing. <laughs> 
It does. And I mean, even though we haven't played a lot of the Final Fantasy games, just the music always just sounds spectacular. And well, here's a question for you, Josh. We are like we said, we have a hard time getting through all of these Final Fantasy games. Do you think it's worth putting off listening to the soundtracks in the hopes that we can shovel through the games? Do you think it is worth getting through the games themselves if we haven't really been sold, you know, on six, which is kind of known to be the fan favorite? Or should we just give up and listen to all the soundtracks? That's and, that's an interesting question. I would I would definitely tell you listen to the don't don't hesitate to listen to the soundtrack. But what you get when you play the game, the emotional connection. Now now that's mm-hmm. hard for me to say. I played this game when I was in what the seventh, sixth, seventh grade. So like my mm-hmm. my nostalgia cords were way open, ready to receive all of this yep. Japanese uh, propaganda into my brain. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when I listen to the soundtrack, I have like very vivid, very really like emotional reactions to a lot of it, especially Eyes on Me, yeah. which which carried me through like you know I don't know the teenage love life <laughs> that so many of us pine over and and suffer through. But um, I I really relate on an emotional level to many many of the songs. Um, there's a song of Final Fantasy VIII that that really gets me. It's called Fragments of Memories. Um, it's it's originally orchestrated or rather arranged for a music box um and you know that's that's like oh, okay it's a, it's a japanese rpg there's going to be a music box thing right <laughs> mm-hmm, um, fair enough but this particular track struck me so hard that um i ended up doing an arrangement of it with my good friend melinda um and the ba- we were in a band poolside and it's called shine tonight and we, we did new vocals on it um and that is an entirely just like nostalgia porn for me um and then if you want a real treat, if you're a fan of the game, there's a track that my friend David Celesco, who's a great composer in his own right, uh, did an acapella version of, of my arrangement, and it's called Light Up the Whole Sky Like Fire. Um, and, oh my gosh, when I hear that, I can't, I can't move. Um, so that, that tells you how I feel, <laughs> at least. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really glad you, you picked this game then, because I, just, I really, really appreciate it when we have people on the show including us brian and i that's a um, world of warcraft month it is it really is because world of warcraft means a lot to us yeah, you um, those connections exactly and it's it's when people really care about the music that's when you can talk about one game or one song for an entire episode oh, yeah. it's like when we had the mercado bros on they really care about koji kondo so they could carry that episode Ooh, for sure good episode. Um, yeah it yeah that's that's really cool. I'm happy to hear that. And and I always feel a little bit left out because I didn't have the Final Fantasy childhood thing. I was busy sure. playing hey, Sonic games. Exactly. Think of all the people <laughs> well, you got Sonic nostalgia. Oh, yeah. We had, we definitely have our own thing. Um, <laughs> and the Zone Runners are one of the only people who get that at all. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, that's fantastic. OC right. Remix has, a, has a, some good Sonic mixes and they isn't do. there a whole album that they put out that's pretty fantastic super true super true um i think the rough patch you get in is we are playing the sonic adventure games oh okay that's so that's when patch. people start to yeah people <laughs> start turning away from you at that point and friendships are broken the nice oh, thing but, is the original creator of that music remixes it a lot with like sonic generations so we still get yeah. our remixes <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's, a, that's my favorite yeah. shit <laughs> yeah it's pretty rad. Um, so, okay, moving on to the actual song we're going to be playing. It is mm-hmm. The Legendary Beast from uh, Mark Papagin. So it's a it's a arrangement of The Legendary Beast from Final Fantasy VIII. Josh, can you just, before we play it for everyone here, just give us some context of where in the game this plays? 
Uh, well, yeah, I can I can try not to. Okay, fine. It's um, it's. I would say if you want my opinion, just go ahead and spoil it. Um, yeah, we can just put I'll a spoiler warning. Spoiler up. warning. <laughs> so so it's in the uh, in the final battles. You know, there's always the three forms, of course. Yes. Four in this case, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the it's what happens when uh, a piece of the main character actually is extracted from himself to become his own enemy. <laughs> All right. Uh, and that's it's putting it simply, I think. Um, but, <laughs> but the way that I mean, the battle and the the gameplay mechanics are happening. Like every time you, one of your character dies, you're gonna if you don't revive them quick enough, they're gonna be gone for the rest of the battle, and that can be hugely detrimental depending on your uh, your strategy, as you know, with RPGs especially. Mm-hmm. Strategy and character selection can be everything. Um, so it's it's pretty tense. It's really epic. It's it's one of those tracks that for me when I played it, I heard at least you, I you know I, I kind of sucked the first time I played it. So I was like maybe <laughs> like eight times I would do this before I got past it um, into the next phase. So so it's one of those. Um, the unique thing about this for me is is kind of what Uemasa does a lot of is pull from interesting classical genres, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Legendary Beast has components of Baroque music mixed with progressive rock and metal. In the game, yep. um, and it's also you're not going to hear it in the arrangement, I don't think. But in the original version, it starts off being like super dramatic, so it's got the strings going wee, 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 like Psycho style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really got a nice soundscape that pulls you into the atmosphere, pulls you into the tension. Um, now, particularly with Mark's version that we're about to listen to, what I <laughs> I don't know why I like it as much as I do. It's hard for me to put into words. There are very few arrangements of it that might be part of it. Um, but what Mark does is he collaborates with a lot of other live musicians. So everything you're going to yeah. hear, um, except for maybe some electronic piano in there, or maybe some uh, some supplementary sounds, are all going to be live musicians. Um, and the main passage here is going to be played by a live flautist. And that, to me, is what drives it home. You'll hear it immediately. So I would say open your ears and get ready for a treat. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that is actually what I noticed in my listen of it. Um, and it's in my notes here. <laughs> that is something that totally stuck out to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you ruined everything. We're, well, we can't have this guest back, Stephen. Look what. Oh man, he phrased it better than you could have. Dang it! Uh, one other question I have about it before we play it is like, what kind of setting is it environmentally? Like, where are they fighting, and what kind of like? Interesting. Okay, so uh, I, I mentioned the castle earlier. So mm-hmm. uh, in the game, what happens? This is a total spoiler alert. So if you plan to play this game, uh, tune out for a hot sec. Um, Towards the end of the game, what you find is that there's a sorceress from the future who is kind of manipulating um, these pawns in your present time. And okay. to finally take control of her and to get rid of her once and for all, you have to pre- pretty much allow her to do the, the nasty thing she's been wanting to do, and that's compressed time. So to bring all the past, present, and far future together into this very discombobulated sort of what essentially becomes the final dungeon of the game is a whole world where all the times have been shoved together. Now, in the oh, game, wow. you, you kind of go in the past, you stay in the present, go in the past through these flashbacks where you actually play as an alternate character named Laguna, um, and that's one of the really interesting things about the game. So when you get to the final final area, you're in a time-compressed world, and this, this bitch, Ultimedia, who's like the, the Princess Hilaria's final boss name, um, <laughs> she's got this huge castle where she's got guardians locked up, she's got all, pretty much the gods, right, are, are mm-hmm. kind of chained up, and you've got to free them to find to find the, uh, the final boss. But you can you kind of willy-nilly decide to go as deep as you like. You don't have to free all of them and get all your powers back. You could just dive in with only the attack command if you want. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you hit YouTube, you'll find some crazy man who, who attempted that and probably succeeded. Um, 
so yeah, you're in you're in t- a, a place where time is compressed in this huge castle uh, with a lot of goth- gothic motifs. But again, remember, time is compressed, so there's aspects of the past, future, and present all shoved into one. So uh, when you ask, this sounds completely insane. It also just- <laughs> it, it sounds like a cool reason to bring in the the prog metal and the classical and all that. That's there you go. Music of the future, music of the past. Yeah, that's cool. You hit it. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and play The Legendary Beast, arranged Woo! by Mark Papagan and originally composed by Nobuo Uematsu. <laughs> Yep, that was The Legendary Beast from Final Fantasy VIII, uh, arranged by Mark Papagen and originally composed by Nobuo Uematsu. What did you think of that, Stephen? I, uh, hey, I love that flute, but the thing that gets me is around the, like, one minute, ten second mark when those horns come in. Yeah! Oh, it's awesome! Yeah. Um, I don't know what I don't know what that technique is. I have no clue what the musical term I'm looking for is, but it's like it's that when you can bring in like brass or horns and somehow bend it or something. A, uh, uh, they're gonna call it a portamento or a glissando, depending on the technique. I love the name glissando. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, glissando. It's awesome. Um, that horn player is Mark, actually. So. Oh, nice. does, oh, okay. I believe he does all the brass, um, the trumpets, and the French horn. The French horn, I think, is his specialty. As we've heard many times, getting good horn samples is so hard that I'm really glad he's able to get live playing for that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Super true. Yeah. Um, I think what stood out for me, actually, was in the early bits, the, where the, what the piano plays, everything it does, I think, is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like the piano for... I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with... Um, oh, I'm not going to remember his name. The Final Fantasy uh, 13 soundtrack. Um, Some of it, yeah. Yeah, so that soundtrack has a lot of that like kind of jazzy, aggressive piano, like yeah. with crazy ninth chords, 13th chords, almost John Williams-esque in a way. And that's all here. That's amazing. And that, I think yeah. that's, that's all to the arrangement. I don't know if that much of that is in the original. 
I really, really like it, how it builds up. And yeah, it just sometimes flourishes in between different sections of the song. So good. Uh, it adds a really nice texture to everything. And as a contrast to the original, I feel like maybe purely because this is in a medley, so it's kind of blazing through it, but it really ups the the intensity and the tempo, yeah. I feel. Oh, yeah, it's cracked uh, up. <laughs> it, I just, it, and when you have like that, the piano sounds like so harsh and like it just means business the whole time. When you combine it, combine it with the flute, it, it does give you that really, it's kind of a classical sound, but it also sounds very much, you know, like a modern radical jrpg boss fight which is exactly what you want to be listening to in the first Absolutely. place i really like that mixture yeah i very much get the the boss fight vibe from it is there a different song for each stage of the boss uh yeah so actually in the medley uh, itself there's there is one song that's missing it might actually be on part one of the final battle series but it's me it's the legendary beast and the medley does it in order so it's the legendary beast maybe i'm a lion and then the extreme so for listeners who felt like that was an abrupt ending, the reason is because it seamlessly goes into yeah, uh, yeah. maybe I'm a lion, and it's it's just an overall fantastic experience. And I, that song I mean, is especially prog; like it goes into the metal bit, I think, a lot more. Yeah, than maybe I'm a lion. Mm-hmm. If if you're if you're a big Final Fantasy VIII fan and you really just want to get the the pump, I would start at the castle just to kind of have that build up, and then if you mm-hmm. just want to go straight in, that goes into and then never, never look, look back. back. Yep. And what's here's what's crazy: never look back is in the it's like in the beginning of the game pretty much it's really short and the fact that he just like thought to throw it in there to up the intensity i love it because it's one of my favorite and it's most i feel like it's underappreciated right and here it is oh yeah right before and going right out of my favorite thing in the world so i love it (laughs) it fits super well so that was a great idea to throw that in there to build the tension it's amazing you know for a song that's only you know about a minute and a half long Mm -hmm. um it has a lot of variety in and kind of the tone and speed. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it, it, it's, sometimes it sounds like it's all about descents and then it sounds like it's all about building up to something mm-hmm. and then it slows down and then it speeds up again. And there's just so much going on in this tiny amount of space. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of his staples, right? Like you can have three or four really beautiful melodies on their own right are very, you know, you just super catch and you're like, well, that's the chorus of my song. <laughs> but for him, yeah. it's like part one of, of four amazing flipping melodies that you're going to be hearing, you know, over and over again. And that's totally fine. I don't ever want to die or win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's like you could probably chop the song up into four parts and each one could be extended into its own Perfectly fine boss theme, um, but I think, they, they melt together really well. I think that's something that I haven't done a lot of listening to Nobuo Uematsu compared to a lot of people because of our background of Final Fantasy. But when I listen yeah. to I have heard a lot of different retro game music and what people like about it with Koji Kondo and so on. And I think what Nobuo Uematsu often brings to the table is like not only the catchiness of his melodies, but the complexity of them. Yes. Like he makes very complex melodies, especially considering what he is writing for was not, you know, a musically complex medium for the most part. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, no, that that is true. Um, he I really like how he kind of straddles the line between classical and like I was saying before, modern kind of Japanese. I don't I don't even know what the genre I'm looking for. It's stuff you find in an anime fight yes. scene. With electric yeah. guitars, for sure, um, this, and some like, super catchy. There's this magical formula that I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's not a formula, but for lack of a better yeah. word, of what a <laughs> Japanese melody is. Yeah, uh, and I know very few people who can, at least colleagues of mine that aren't Japanese, can 
I can organically recreate the sound. Um, I mentioned mm-hmm. David Celesco before because I think he's the only person I've ever met who can actually write his own melody. And I'm just like, whoa, what is this? Is this from Xenogears? Like, who are you right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can you can point it out immediately. Absolutely. Like, I listened to a track from Xenoblade Chronicles. Hey, we were just talking about that today. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a Japanese game. There's just no other possible explanation. It's, I can't tell you why. It just is something yeah. else. And it, I mean, if you grow and it's like you guys, I guess we're on Sonic and that has a bit of that as well. But if you grow up on this kind of Japanese melody or you're really into anime and I think a lot of it comes from that as well. Yeah. Like you just you have an ear for it. It's a for me. I got to be. It's a perversion. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sonic was actually a much more Western-inspired, um, I think, soundtrack than a lot of comparatively uh, than a lot of early games. I mean, they even got you know Michael Jackson working on three, or at least some of the soundtrack. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So yeah. it had a Western bent to it for sure. Uh, they were always oh, infatuated yeah. with the West so much that they moved to San Francisco and then made Sonic Adventure Two, um, and yeah. that's why that basically yeah. took place in San Francisco. Sonic Team USA or whatever. Yeah, that's true. It was, it's, we can go on about Sonic and its unique influences, but yeah, guys uh, would yeah. be uh, jealous if I told you I went to the Sega office and I saw the um, cubicle that they did up like the Green Zone. Yeah, I'd be. Oh, jealous. that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that <laughs> I really am a little cool. jealous. It <laughs> was a really special thing that um, a friend of mine that I just met actually, um, who was doing PR for Sega at the time. It was nice. a treat, but. Yeah, that's, anyway, that is so cool. That's super fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm not that familiar with Uematsu compared to most people I talk to. Yeah. Um, just you know, like we said before, Final Fantasy and everything. But someone I've been getting more into thanks to Dragon Quest Eight is um, oh, it's slipping my mind. What's his name? Um, I can't help you here. Dragon Quest composer. Composer. Real time googling. Where is it? You got it. You got it. Can't have dead air, Steven. I'm going to have to keep talking. Oh, I'm ruining the podcast. Yep. Yep. We're going to have to throw the whole episode out now. Look what you did. Koichi Sugiyama? Yeah, it's Sugiyami. Sorry, Sugiyama. See, he knew it the whole time and just wouldn't tell us. Yeah. (laughs) It's waiting for you guys. All right. But I love Dragon Quest VIII. Oh, yeah. And especially its soundtrack a whole lot. Um, It's the only Dragon Quest game I've played, but it very much sticks to a completely classical sound once you hear it fully orchestrated because the what the japanese version wasn't fully orchestrated right yeah yeah it was originally Um, midi and then they released it into their uh regions and it was fully orchestrated and when i heard the midi i'm like sure it has a i guess it has a classical influence i mean it's kind of obvious in parts but once you hear it played with that real orchestra it it's wonderfully beautifully classical and i think that brings Um, me to possibly the one regret i have with this song is the live instruments he brings into play, I think he does very skillfully and very well. But you can, it to me, rings of a song that is on a tight budget. Um, and I'm guessing it actually is. I don't know if I would say tight budget. I might say it feels like it maybe it was rushed, but maybe that's because it was sort of a medley. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Well, I think like uh, to me, it strikes me as a very small ensemble of players as opposed to, you know, like, oh, I see what you're saying. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like video games live. Yeah. Or something. Here's what's special about it, um, and why what you're probably talking about is these these are people that aren't in the same room. They yep. are they met on YouTube, as far as I can tell. Um, they probably didn't meet on YouTube, but they're all YouTube yeah. musicians in their own right. And then they took their collaborative efforts. They aligned. They first took the time to to really figure out how they're going to do it. This yep. whole thing, right? They're like you just heard one piece of a much larger 
production. And then that's only part two of, of, <laughs> of the whole thing, right? Ridiculous. Um, yeah, so so I, I'm with you there. I, I have the same qualms with the sound quality, the recording, especially when I played on my um, my larger speakers at home, my professional stuff. But yeah, when I'm at the office, I got my headphones on and I just need to like get through some shit and code. Like That's what I'm going to. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just like... It's so well composed that it kind of makes you want to hear it on a bigger scale. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see where you're going yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah. I think that does yeah. make sense. Like the drums, especially to me, just they're not, they're driving it, they're back there, but they don't. They're a little I, thin. Yeah, they're thin, exactly. They're not punchy. Uh, and that's. Ah, uh, you always notice the drums before <laughs> me. There's your hidden talent. first things I go to. And yeah, I like the drum playing, but I think the, the sound quality of it could be a lot better. But hey. Yeah, this is an amazing undertaking. So, good autumn. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it, um, it really makes me want to listen to the rest of the soundtrack. But I always find it interesting to to also find the the parts of a song that can be improved upon. Uh, <laughs> oh, of course, that's part of the fun of discussion. Yeah, uh, for sure. Something that yes. the general vibe of me reminded me a little bit of it. Like it has a very um, we talked about the classical and kind of broke. It kind of has like a stately kind of. <laughs> vibe to it. it reminds you a little bit of Bloodthirst Concerto from uh, Soul, Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. I get that. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that from it. It's like it's it's evil, but it's got a certain like regality to it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I, Good word. I think a lot of that is the to me a lot of it is the the descending notes and the piano and how everything is played in this very almost like um, uh, rigid synchronization in a way yeah. like. It all knows exactly what it's doing, and the notes are really st- sharp and staccato a lot of the time. It's yeah. very satisfying. It almost sounds like the song is looking down on you. Like, I will crush you. <laughs> <laughs> the song is better than all of Exactly. That's that's what I, feel. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. How dare you insult my drums? I will crush you under my heel. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, so is there anything else you all wanted to talk about? Because I think that about, that about covers what my thoughts were. Um. I think I'm good. This this is the first time I've ever heard it today. Um, so uh, yeah, I loved it. I can't wait to listen to the rest of the album. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I I really recommend just kind of like if you can afford to take the 20 minutes to do so, just kind of maybe even shut your eyes and like maybe meditate. But you won't be able to meditate, obviously. <laughs> just kind of lose yourself, and and, yeah. and you maybe if you didn't even play the game, it doesn't matter. But just the the medley itself goes through so many emotions because I mean it's not following much chronology to the game at all, but like you're gonna go through like some nice literally the first track is called breezy and the second one's called don't be afraid that alone should tell you the kind of contrast you're gonna <laughs> get it's it's cinematic in a in a sense yeah um yeah you just follow the journey and you'll really have have an experience try to imagine your own your own story imagine like if you were gonna make the next like RPG, like maybe you're gonna make a Sonic RPG and you're gonna have Sonic <laughs> Tales, like go through this epic love story, not with each other, maybe, but I don't Unfortunately, know. Unfortunately, <laughs> Bioware already tried and it didn't go very well. Ha, well so. <laughs> do it yourself and probably have a much better time. <laughs> <laughs> but do it to this. No, you'll, that you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it strikes me that's that's it, it, especially the first way through, you want to be paying attention because it could just like if you stop paying attention for a few minutes, it's gonna be somewhere completely different. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's so true. It, it like it reward. I, this kind of song it moves so quickly. It really rewards that laser focus. That just put everything aside and, like you said, Josh, just let this take over for a while. Um, so, where can people get this uh, this medley? And also, where can they get the original soundtrack for Final Fantasy VIII? <clears throat> oh, the original soundtrack. It might be hard to find. I, it, 
hopefully is on iTunes. Um, yeah. I don't know what Square is doing distribution-wise anymore. Um, but you can listen to the whole thing on YouTube. Um, that shouldn't be the first thing I say. You should listen to it. Uh, well, no, I mean... <laughs> you should say you can purchase the... Um, you, you can... Let's see. Are we talking... Final Fantasy VIII, it, 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 that is on iTunes. Awesome. I'm fair. Yeah, honest. I think you can probably find the original soundtrack on iTunes at the very least. Um, uh, barring that, of course, you can find Mark on Louder. Boy, <laughs> um, you can also you can also listen to it on Spotify. Um, and then he's on iTunes, Google, Amazon. The whole he should be on the whole deal. Great. So basically, yeah, I purchased it, it on Louder. It worked yeah. perfectly. <laughs> Great service. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out for sure. Uh, I think I will. I will be doing so myself. Cool. Uh, and yeah, that'll do it for the show. Um, if you want to write in an email to us sometime, you know, suggest your own song for us to talk about, you can reach us yeah. at trainstation at eight at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at trainstation at eight, or I should say at trainstation at man. That's a lot. At at yeah, trainstation at eight, I think is the oh, way yeah. I could say that. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Lord Meldor, and that is M E L D O R R, or you can follow Stephen at Stephen Kelly 180. Train Station at 8 is a part of the Whales or Whales Network, where you can find other awesome shows like this with other awesome people like us. Um, and yeah, that'll do it for us. Josh, anywhere you want want to plug people to go or find your projects? Uh, well, uh, let's see. I'm on Twitter at, at SoundofJW. Pretty simple. Um, I really want to commit to doing the YouTube thing. It's really hard for me because I've got like four projects going on right now. Um, right. But uh, I'm on YouTube. If you just Google my name, YouTube my name, whatever. <laughs> uh, of note, um, we've got uh, the, the soundtrack to Kermaya that I just worked on um, is going to be coming out soon. We're actually going to add a few tracks to it um, in a surprise twist. So that's been delayed nice. a little bit. And then Obelidus is a game being put out by Adult Swim um, by my friend Connor and the fantastic artist Sarah Gross and then my good friends Hyperduck Soundworks who you guys oh, should great. have on the show sometime. We've been trying. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're very busy. They're, they're very, very, busy. very busy. They're very hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I love I'll give them a nudge. Tell them, tell them to do it. Um, yeah. You guys are fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really a lot of fun. I love any chance I get to just talk about music that no one else is listening to for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I mean, that is that is completely our thing. We couldn't be happier. This is a super fun yeah, episode. Thank you so much for coming. Um, this has been great. And hey, this, this actually marks the first show we've had about an arrangement yeah. that wasn't from a video game. Okay, I mean, we had one anime song, actually. We had the Pokemon anime. We did that. Yes, but uh, no, rather we we never done, like, a remix, though, have we? That was still the original. No. No, never done that before, yeah. so... So we, we um, should be yeah. sure to do that again? I'm happy to branch out. Very cool. We need to have the um, we need to have the Mercado Bros back on sometime and do one of the songs they created. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. They've done a lot of yeah, cool stuff. For so. sure. And uh, oh, and speaking of uh, little music projects we're doing on the side, yes. um, still still doing song of the day, mm-hmm. um, and haven't really gotten many suggestions for songs we can highlight, which is too bad because I I had to think it up every day myself. <laughs> but um, Matthew Tusserone did favorite and retweet um, uh, concept of love. Oh my gosh, that's so a I good think song. what that just means just that do just jet set means songs that every day. Naganuma songs every day. I think that's what he's hinting at. Um, and I'm fine with that. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming, Josh. This has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for not running away. 
Uh, hey, no problem. <laughs> and continuing to do this crazy escapade with me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, check us out next week. And until then, listen to music a lot. That's my best advice <laughs> I can give you. Listen to a Good. lot of music. Good, Good sign-off. <laughs>